So, I recently got someone paid for my consultation. Oh my god. You know, keep in mind, I never intend to be a coach. Like, never. I would never dream to become one. Let alone consulting a client one-on-one, okay? <laughs> but since I always share podcast tips in a lot of podcasting groups, people actually have been reaching out to me to help them in podcasting, you know, whether it's launching or growing. And actually, at first, I I told them that I don't help people in launching a podcast. <laughs> I only help them in the monetization part. But But the thing is, they still choose me personally and usually i i I would just point out the the direction on what resource they can use to to solve their problems and yeah i I would just like give them a link to to a website or a youtube video but but you know but then (laughs) i thought what if i just offer my consultation service instead right i mean i never had any consulting experience before so this would be my chance to experience it myself and i just uh, after after a lot of consideration i told them hey dude this would be a paid consultation and here's the fee are you okay with that and he said okay so i gave him the the paypal link and not long after he sent the money yes he actually sent me the money oh and i was so happy when that happened oh my gosh that was my first ever money that i got for my consultation i never had any consultation experience so this would be my first experience to uh, to do this and yeah i was so happy when that happened and now i i need to focus on delivery i need to focus on how can i deliver the best values and actually get them to take action right because you know there's a quote for that you can only lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink the water right so yeah that kind of thing so long story short i am working with my clients right now to launch their podcast and Hopefully, I can give them the best values possible and hopefully, they'll get the best result. So, why am I telling you this? The reason is, it's because I want to show you that this whole audience building is possible. When you really share your value, your tips and strategies in the relevant groups uh, in your niche, the, the members of the group will reach out to you because they already trust you, they know your value. So, that's why they they want your consultation they choose you instead of someone else okay and speaking of being a coach i recently interviewed someone who has more experience than me in the coaching business you know this person use facebook just like i do and he is making 20k per month doing that so his name is richard fletcher he started a business in the relationship niche and he has sold products anyway from $47 to $5,000 all while in an online space. Wow, that's impressive, right? So after spending 15 years learning online marketing, he finally offered his service as a business coach and now he is using Facebook as a main platform to constantly make 20k per month as a coach. All right, so that's basically his introduction. Okay, so by the end of this episode, you are going to discover the mistakes most coaches make when getting clients, why your own results don't matter to get more clients, 
how to create a post that attract buyers instead of freebies seeker. And another one is how to stand out from all the other coaches so people would choose you instead. Alright, without wasting any more time, let's begin. So the real question is this, how would an entrepreneur like us, who literally start from nothing or has limited resources and yet still wants to build an empire, join Usheroff as he answers this big question so you can apply it too. Welcome to Focus on Winning. Hey Richard, welcome to the Focus on Winning podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me on, Ashraf. Good to be here. Awesome. So I see that you have been a business coach for a while and you also are teaching people how to be a coach using a Facebook platform, right? So what really inspired you to to become a coach? Oh, well, that's a long story, but um, really, I, I never intended to be a business coach, but I always wanted to run my own online business just because I wanted to be my own boss and I wanted to do my own thing. And I never wanted to be one of those people that go to some corporate office every day, do work that they find boring, sit in meetings all day and just think, no, just sit there looking at your clock thinking, when's it five o'clock? When can I go home? And I was that person for a long time as I was figuring this stuff out. Um mm. I thought we figured it out for 10 years and then I started a dating coaching business where I started doing high ticket coaching that actually became successful and then off the back of that a couple of years two or three years after I started that I then started business coaching kind of by accident because people were just reaching out asking well how did you do your business so I started coaching them at the same time I kind of got bored of dating coaching just sort of talking to the same old guys with the same old problems I stopped coaching on that and started ramping up the business coaching and here we are today. So it's kind of an accident I was in this position. I always had the goal to just go, I want to do something for myself. I want to do work that I feel is important, that I feel is useful to people. And I don't just want to do work that's just for the sake of it, just to get paid. I guess I've always been driven by the fear of um, getting to retirement and feeling like I wasted my time or feeling like, you know, I didn't, I didn't make the most of my talents that I was just sort of kind of coasting along and um, taking the money, but not really doing anything useful. That's, all, that's always been my big fear, but I get to the end of my life and think I wasted it. So when you first starting out, you know, you have coached a lot of people before. You have coached people that are in a business category, and you also have coached people that are in a relationship category. So uh, when you first starting out, right, what was your experience look like? Or how how did you how how was your experience working with your first client? Do you mean in the dating coaching business or in the business coaching or just uh, first sale I ever had or Okay. Um <laughs> maybe coaching in general? Um okay, so well the first client I got was um I created a new offer. Uh, for my dating coaching and I'd done a bunch of different mm. offers before this and nothing really sold and I came on one thing that actually worked well and talked well to a decent uh, to a particular bunch of guys and I got a couple of guys in who were like uh, I made a post on Facebook and a few guys were like yeah tell me more so I arranged a call with one of them and I didn't really know what I was doing but I went through like a set of some sort of sales process and I ended up selling him a high-ticket coaching package for $3,000, which to, at the time I was like, oh, my God, that's all the money in the world. And that was only about four or five years wow. ago. Uh, 
yeah i was like i was uh, that might be long it might be like no, it might be in 2014 and i was like wow that's all the money in the world as far as i was concerned and well, that was that was that was the first that was the first time i sold high ticket coaching and from there um i was able to increase my prices and refine my process and kind of really un, really started to get kind of understand what i'd sort of stumbled upon by accident and then make it into a, a repeatable process nice yeah i can also feel that you know getting your first dollar online yeah i can relate to that so how long have you been a coach uh so i was a coach as a dating coach since 2014 uh, uh, maybe, and a business coach uh, selling business a business coach since 2018. Yeah. So uh, two, two years as a business coach. Two years wow, as a business coach. Years. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I never been a coach before. I never coached anyone, in fact. So yeah. we, I never know the, the journey that the, the, the coach takes and the challenges, right? So what's some of the challenging when being a coach? I'd say the biggest challenge probably is standing out from everybody else who's trying to do the same thing you are for example if you if you want to be if let's say you've been going to a gym for a while and you've got in shape and you go oh i could teach other people how to do this well guess what you're not the only person who's trying to do this there's loads of people um just if you tried to do what i'm doing which is post on your facebook personal feed about your business and about what you're doing and about how to get results and get people reaching out to your messenger which is still how i run most of my business today well, if you try to do that about your fitness coaching, you just say, oh, I can help you get in shape, and that's about it. You're not going to stand out from all the other people who are doing it because there's loads of fitness coaches on there. There's loads of business coaches, loads of life coaches, pretty much anything you could possibly imagine teaching, there's somebody coaching it. So you have to be able to stand out from everyone else who's teaching the same thing so people can see what you're doing, Ashraf, and be like, ah, I see everyone else is doing this, but Ashraf is the only one who offers this or the only one I believe can get me the result or the only one I want to work with. That's really the key thing. Everybody sort of blends into one and sounds the same. And as a result, most people don't get any clients. Oh, wow. That's that's unexpected. Standing out is the, the most challenging in in coaching industry, you say? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so. Mm-hmm. so how how do you overcome it usually? What what makes um, people choose you over? Um, largely, it's having being able people being able to. So it's mainly around credibility. So people believing that you can help them get a result. So my, you've got to understand who are you talking to. So the term ideal client is used a lot. Like who is the ideal person that you would like to work with? So for me, an ideal client is somebody who. Uh, obviously can afford to pay you and pays on time somebody who mm-hmm. will do will do the work that you tell them to do and will get the results that you're promising them and then will give you a great testimonial at the end and refer you to other people and stuff that's an ideal client as opposed to the opposite of an ideal client which is someone who uh, can't afford to pay or doesn't pay on time or doesn't do the work and then blames you for it and then tells everybody you were a waste of time when it was really their fault you don't want to be signed up people like that so it's understanding well how can i speak to that ideal client my ideal client is someone who has a business already has some sort of high ticket offer already and is selling it to some extent right now but isn't doing as well as they might like they, they want to they want to make more sales and they don't know what's going on they don't know what's going wrong. They come to me and I help them fix it. So these people have typically already signed up with a number of business coaches before me. They've already gone through a number of high ticket offers and maybe got some results, but weren't totally happy. So I've got to show those people 
yes, I know you signed up with lots of people before and you might have spent twenty, thirty thousand dollars on coaching, but mm-hmm. it's going to be different this time. And here's why. And re- really how I do that is um, I've got a number of different types of posts I use on Facebook. So, for example, some posts I call a value post where I will teach you something useful that you don't already know that everybody else isn't teaching. So now you go, oh, well, if he's teaching me this stuff for free, his paid stuff might be pretty good. So a lot of people try to do this, but they fail because they just say, they just give out high level advice like, oh, uh, you've got to be authentic in business and, you know, you've got to be grateful. You know, every day, squeeze your gratitude rock and feel how grateful you are. And then suddenly you'll magically make sales, which is nonsense, you know, Um, or, You've got to be authentic if you want to be a success in business. All this kind of high-level stuff that everyone accepts is true, but everybody else is Mm -hmm. saying the same stuff. So, again, you blur into the crowd. You've got to be able to um, explain on a more detailed level what other people aren't capable of doing. If you can do that and then show credibility, so show how – show how working with you helped other people tell stories about people you've worked with where, uh, for example, a certain person comes to me, they've been with all the other business coaches before, still weren't getting results, and then within a week of being with me, they made $20,000, and here's the reason behind it. Here's the moral of the story. If I tell a few stories like that, as interesting stories on my Facebook feed, and you're in that position where you're in the position of the person who came to me where you're like, I've spent a lot of money on coaching and I didn't get the results. And you start seeing all these different people. Well, if I tell one story of someone who did that, you might be like, okay, whatever, interesting, but so what? Could be a fluke. But if I tell five stories of people like that, now you start thinking, okay, this guy gets results. Uh, Maybe he can help me. And you start thinking, "Hmm, maybe I should sign up with him. And the idea starts to kind of sort of work its way around your brain you start thinking about it more and more and within you know within a certain mm-hmm. amount of time some people straight away some people might take six months but eventually you'll find that person will end up in your messenger inbox and say ashraf can you help me out um i'd like to make more money or i'd like to get in shape or i'd like to become spiritually enlightened or whatever um so it's that it's that mixture of being able to show value show you've got insight into your subject in a way that your competitors don't and show that you get results that's really the main thing behind it love that you know i want to add one more thing about how to stand out uh, i believe that in order to stand out we need to tell them the story, our story. We need to tell them how we find out uh, everything that we are going to teach them. We need to tell them our failure and all that. So what do you think? Um, building a story is one part of it, but only one part. Like uh, people really, I would say building a story is part of your credibility. So why do you have the right to teach what you teach so you know why do i have any right to be a business coach how do people know that i'm not just some guy who last week knew nothing about online marketing then did a two-hour course this weekend online on online marketing and now i'm trying to teach it there's a lot of people who do that aren't there well how do I show that I'm not one of those people? So my story of how I came to where I am today, you know, the story I told you about being a dating coach and I did that for years. And then I found myself in other mm-hmm. people's face, just talking about business. Uh, then I started my own group. Um, and then after a while in my own group, it grew to like a thousand people in six weeks. And suddenly everybody wanted more help than just I could give for free. So I started a course and here we are today. That then makes sense for why I'm teaching coaching, why, why I'm uh, teaching business. 
so that's really your story. That's your credibility story. That's only one piece of the puzzle. That shows, okay, this makes sense for why he's teaching this. This makes sense why he's teaching life coaching or fitness coaching or whatever. Uh, you know, like if you're obese and you're teaching fitness coaching, you're going to need a pretty damn good story for why you're teaching fitness coaching because people are going to be like, well, mm. you're not an example of what you teach. Uh, but that's only one side of it because people also need to see, well, okay, you're getting results for yourself, but are, do you also get results for other people? You get results for yourself, mm. but can you teach other people how to do it? Because it's one thing um, you see. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you like sports, Ashraf? Sports. Yeah, I do love it. Yeah. See, I, I don't football, know if you watch. The, yeah. I don't know if you watch. Yeah, the, yeah so if, I don't know if you watch the like the English Premier League, but you'll see there's some uh, there's some people there's some players who are really good football players, but then turn out to be terrible managers because they can play the game, but <laughs> they just can't they can't take what's in their head and translate it to the the you know, the players who they're trying to teach effectively. Uh, and there's some right. people who weren't so good at playing the game, like a Jose Mourinho, for example, or Alex Ferguson, mm-hmm. no good at playing the game, or much better at coaching it and it's kind of the same in the coaching world it's like okay i see you get results for yourself but do you get results for other people as well can you teach other people to get those results or do you just know how to do mm-hmm. it yourself uh, i think that's that's probably more important than your own story at least in my opinion right right wow that's 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 a great analogy i mean people love being uh simplification if, if it's not simple enough then people not uh follow your teaching so mm, that's true. that's a great Great way of putting it. So, uh, so far we talk about your uh, how do you start your coaching business, your current situation, and then uh, pretty much all about, about how how you how you handle your coaching business. So, how about we talk about the future? What's your what's your next step in your business now that you've made twenty k per month and you have Facebook group, you have you have pretty much a lot of things figured out so what's your next steps in your business uh, great question so my current focus is diversification so i'm very aware that even up to now i've still got all my eggs or not all my eggs but most of my eggs are in facebook's basket as in i'm relying too much on facebook traffic so if my ad account gets banned if my personal account gets banned from facebook which happens all the time it's called uh, mm-hmm. it's called deplatforming you see it all the time like on instagram you see these uh, it happens a lot with these women who are like um like the fitness influencers or whatever uh, they're there with a hundred thousand plus followers and then the next day they say they say the wrong thing and Instagram shuts them down like that and they don't get their account back and suddenly their livelihood is gone. So when you're relying on only one platform for all your business, well, that's a risk because mm-hmm. uh, that, that that platform could close you down tomorrow and there's nothing you can do about it. Or the platform may cease to be relevant. Facebook, you know, if you, if for Instagram, Instagram's big today, but next year, you know, the next big thing might be TikTok. And then this time next year, Instagram may not be relevant anymore. Nobody might be using it and it might close. And if or everything's on Instagram and you don't have something somewhere else, you, again, you're at risk. So uh, my focus at the moment is moving things away from Facebook and having different areas, different ways where I'm making money, different areas where I'm getting leads and traffic from. So um, I focused a lot on SEO recently uh, in the last, Ooh. well, or nine months so um seo well yeah so i've not been i've not really been doing seo myself as such but you know that backlinks are in uh important so i've been on a lot of podcasts like this one and what i find is when Mm -hmm. i go on podcasts uh when i get guest posts on other people's blogs or whatever i get a backlink back to my site 
And all these backlinks add up, and then you end up rising up the Google ranking. So, what I think twice in the last month, I've had people appear in my inbox on Messenger on Facebook who found me because they typed something into Google, like how to make over 10K a month, how to make sales online as an introvert. And they found one of my blog posts. Mm Uh, because it appeared high on Google and then found me on Facebook as a result of going through my website. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool because now it's a different uh-huh. way that people reach me rather than just Facebook. So it's finding all kinds of different ways, you know, maybe starting a YouTube channel or just different ways that you can run your business. So if the worst thing happens and Facebook shuts me down, I don't suddenly mm-hmm. lose my entire business. That's that's really my focus. I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about scaling massively. I mean, I've, I've done better. I've been like June, I did like mm-hmm. 50K, 60K, I think, in sales. Uh, but I'm not really worried about going beyond 20, 30K a month. You know, I've got everything I need to live. I don't need to earn more money than that. After that, it's like, what's the difference between 20K and 100K a month? It's like, you've got everything you need. You can fly first class. How much money does a person need? I'd rather worry about lifestyle and you know, spending time with my family, that kind of stuff. But it's more about right. protecting, it's more about protecting myself now uh, because I'm very aware, you know, when all your business is on someone else's platform, you are, you know, you are running a certain risk, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I also built my email list and podcast mm-hmm. so that, you know, I have a lot of traffic source coming from. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's a great plan also, having SEO. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's a so, great strategy as well. Your, um, your podcast and email list, I mean, Everybody, in my opinion, everybody should still look at building an email list, even though emails are old school and people's like, no one reads, no one reads emails mm-hmm. anymore and they don't get delivered. They do. You, know, you still get 30% open rates. Um, the thing you've got with an email list is it's yours. Nobody can take it away from you. You know, if you, even if one email platform bans you, if you download your email list as a CSV file every week or every day or whatever, and you've got it stored on your hard drive, you can then upload that to a different email provider and start again. So at least you've still got something you can use for marketing. Whereas if all your leads are just, you know, friends on Facebook or followers on Instagram, that can be taken away in an instant. So yeah, you're doing absolutely the right thing there, Ashraf. Absolutely. And, you know, as you know, Richard, uh, we are going to talk about how to sell high ticket coaching on Facebook, right? Mm. So I want to start off with the mistakes. You know, people love uh People love seeing other people make mistakes, especially if it, uh, coming if it's coming from someone who is who is considered a master or a coach or teacher, right? So, uh, what are some of the mistakes that coaches do when coaching people? Um, well, in terms of if you mean in terms of trying to find clients and trying to the kind of mistakes they make on Facebook when posting, the biggest one is just and we've touched on this before, is sounding the same as everybody else. So we try to make these value posts, but we just sound the same as everybody else and they don't stand out. The other mistake is not having their own personality and opinions and unique voice where uh, I feel sometimes a lot of people, a lot of times people learn things like copywriting and how to sell and they, le- they learn how to say the right words, but then they lose a pe- they lose their personality in the process and they end up sounding like a robot. They sound like somebody else. So I should be mm. able to, so well, I should be able to read a post. Let's say I know you really well. I should be able to read a post from you, not know it was written by you and be like, oh, that's Ashraf, because you've got your own way of talking and your own ideas. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I recognize that a mile off. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people miss that. Everybody sounds the same as each other. And when you're scrolling your newsfeed like this, 
Like people, people, you, know, you have to understand the reason people go on Facebook and Instagram. Like, they don't, why are they scrolling their newsfeed? They're not scrolling their newsfeed because they want to buy something or because they want to be lectured. They're scrolling the newsfeed for like, just because they're bored, just because they want some entertainment. So you need to find, you need to make your content entertaining to some degree. It needs to, uh, what, what I call thumb stoppers. It's like you're scrolling like this and you go, oh, what's that? And you stop on it and it grabs your attention and then you read mm-hmm. it. So, one big mistake that people make is the first sentence of their, the posts that they make are either it either gives away the whole post, like I know exactly what you're going to say, so or it just sounds really boring. So, for example, if you make a post and you start it off with "You've got to be the change you want to see in the world," I don't need to read the rest of the post because I already know what you're going to say. Because mm-hmm. I already know you're going to say, oh, you can't be the kind of person who sits at home and complains about the world and how it is. You've got to get out there and you know, be an example, be yeah. the kind of person that you want to be, be the kind of person that you respect, and other people will be inspired by that and follow you. It's like, I've heard this a hundred times before, so I'm not going to read the rest of your post, so I'll just see that and scroll past. Whereas if you said, um, if you use what's called an open loop, which is you make the, you make the reader ask a question in their mind, that can only be answered by them continuing to read, that hooks them in. So an open loop is what they're using in like soap operas on the TV where, you know, like on um, um, like these American soap operas where it's like gets to the end of the, the show and a woman walks into the bedroom and finds her husband in bed with her sister. And she's like, oh my God, what the hell? And, and then boom, credits roll. <laughs> You've got to watch tomorrow to find out what happens next. And it's like, you're like, oh my God, I need to watch what will happen. I need to see the drama tomorrow. It's kind of the same <laughs> thing. Um, people, people are in our brains, we hate these unanswered questions. We need to find out what happens next. So if you start your, a post of yours with, um, there's a way you can make huge, important world changes, but it's completely different to the way people normally go about it. Well, if you're interested in making important world changes and you know, in, impacting the world in some way, that's going to make you curious. You'd be like, okay, what is this way? I want to find out. And it's different to what people normally do. It's different to what people normally tell you. You're going to be like, okay, what is it? Then if you reel people in and explain about being the change you want to see in the world and all that, well, now you've reeled people in and they're interested and they'll read the whole post. So little things like that can draw people in to read your post and hook them in so they read the whole thing. I think the mistake most people make is uh, – um, their content seems too boring and people read one sentence of it and carry on scrolling. So the rest of the 90% of the content might be brilliant, but nobody's reading it. I think mm. that's the biggest mistake people make uh, alongside not, you know, not standing out from everybody else. Well, I didn't know that the, the hook that uh, was a big deal. I mean, you mentioned it before that if all of, me, all of the message that are put into the hook, then people are not going to read the whole post. So the hook must exactly. contain a lot of curiosity, right? So yeah, you say so you see it in uh, it, this applies in everything. Say if you're say 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 if you want to send emails to your list, Ashraf. Um, yeah, super super important. The subject line you want the subject line to be invoke some sort of curiosity to be interesting or. Uh, to have some sort of strong benefit. So if I click on your, when I'm scrolling on my phone, I click on your email, but it's going to be worth my time opening this, you know? So, you know, when, um, when the, when the drunk clown punched me in the face, you're going to be like, (laughs) what the hell? What the drunk, why was the clown drunk? Where were you? Why did he punch you in the face? What happens next? It opens all these questions up and then you click on it. You have to, you almost have to click on it to find out. So see how that's different to like, 
know, all the other emails in your inbox, which are like spam or an email from like Groupon or something like 20% off voucher or something. You're just like boring, you know, um, <laughs> deal end all that kind of stuff. Nobody cares. You're not clicking on that stuff. Um, but something mm. like this stands out a mile. So you want to, you want, again, you want to stand out from everyone else. When someone's scrolling their emails in their inbox, what can you, what right. subject line can you have to people that's going to make people be like, what the hell is that? I need to click on it. All right, there you go. The part one of how to sell high ticket coaching on Facebook. So on the next part, we'll be talking about how to know if you have enough credibility to coach people, how to avoid getting objections in the closing process, not just counter, but to avoid getting objections. And the third one is how to connect with your potential clients easily so they feel like they have already met you, they have already befriend with you, and so much more. So if you'd like to get the next part delivered right into your podcast platform, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Right? Always remember that winners focus on winning. Until then, stay winning. Hey, thank you for listening. We hope you can implement everything from this episode. And would you like to know more about business strategies and life hacks that you can apply right now? If so, subscribe to this podcast so you can become the best you.